Hello ladies and gentlemen this is Nishant and welcome to another episode of the Nishant Girl show the mission of the show is to spread awareness on mindfulness practices and my job on the show is to invite world class performers to share the practices to live a fulfilled life today's guest is Julie Sharma Julie Sharma is the co-founder and chief content officer of wellness coach Julie has more than a decade of experience spearheading accounting and operations team helping businesses to thrive efficiently at scale today julie is responsible for acquiring teachers overseeing app content and overall company culture finance and hr at wellness coach and helping the company pursue their goal of inspiring people to find their purpose in this episode julie talks about how she got into meditation how meditation has helped her as a co-founder in her company wellness coach and how to influence someone to meditate there is a lot more and to know more keep listening julie welcome to the show hi thank you so much for having me nishant i'm thrilled and excited to have you on the show i want to start with something very simple and funny how does your family describe what you do for a living <laughs> that is a funny question it's it's interesting because i'm pretty much the only business woman in my family. My sister is an amazing elementary school teacher. My mom was pretty much a homemaker and did a couple of side businesses when she could. And so I don't really know if they could describe what I do as, as a female founder or what I do in my business. I think they probably tell you that I run a meditation and yoga app, which doesn't quite fully describe uh, what I do with wellness coach or my career path. but that's how they would probably describe me <laughs> so they would describe you run a meditation and yoga app could yes, you yes. tell us more about your wellness coach app yes well wellness coach is a, is a lot more than just an app and uh when you describe it that way it kind of just seems like a consumer app that you would find out in the app store which is true you will find us uh, in the app store as a consumer product but what really what wellness coach is is it's an enterprise solution for companies to provide their teams with a wellness perk so they can be more well and we are so much more than just meditation and yoga we actually have tools and classes for every aspect of wellness whether it's mental health relationships we have fitness classes we just launched nutrition and we're going to keep expanding our wellness offering more and more what kind of tools do you have in the mental health space as part of the app yes yeah, so we actually started with tackling mental wellness we you know our foundation is meditation it's something that's really near and dear to my co-founder which happens to be my husband it's close to our hearts so we offer a lot of classes that help people learn the tools of mindfulness learn the importance of mental health and wellness and why you should prioritize your mental health and also we have a lot of doctors and psychologists in our platform that can provide more tools on how to deal with stress how to deal with anxiety how to make sure that you're setting yourself up so that you don't get overwhelmed and that you don't have to struggle even though you're dealing with high levels of stress and even depression that you can go to these practices with our classes you can chat with our coaches and they can help you through those crisis points so that you are on a path to mental wellness are you saying that those doctors and psychologists train you in the app 
Yes. So we have live classes that are interactive with our coaches. You can connect with them. You can chat with our coaches during our live sessions. They are group sessions currently. And so you have the ability to kind of explore these topics. Uh, For example, we might have a class on dealing with anxiety while coming out of this pandemic. We had one yesterday, actually, it's called the fear of going out. And a lot of people are starting to really get nervous about, okay, we're coming out of this pandemic. I'm nervous about going outside. What happens if I get sick? Or my company is going to open up the office again, and they're actually requiring that I go back to the office. So now how do I transition from working from home to working back into the office? And and I'm nervous about that. So we had our wonderful coach, Tony, lead that class, and he was able to help uh, our users kind of work through what it means to deal with that anxiety. You know, the anxiety is going to be there, but we don't necessarily have to let it hamper us. You know, we, we can use certain tools to help us be okay with it and to go outside, you know, whether you're using a breathing technique or if you're just mentally accepting the fact that that anxiety is there and it just kind of helps you cope a little better. That's what our live classes are like. We also have a lot of tools on demand. For example, our five-minute stress buster is probably one of our most favorited on-demand classes. And it's just this nice breathing technique that when you're in that crisis point, when you desperately need some help getting out of this major moment of anxiety, it just takes you through this nice breathing exercise, helps you to calm down, helps you to focus. So then you can move forward with whatever task is at hand or whatever challenge you're facing. What is five-minute stress buster? And the five-minute stress buzzer is a five-minute breathing exercise. And it's truly just that. It's just to help you kind of calm down, to use your breath to anchor you and to refocus. And it's an easy one. Anyone can try it. You don't necessarily have to be in this panic moment. You can try it anytime. It's great to actually practice in advance of having these moments because they're in your tool house and ready to go. Are you saying that you can release anxieties and stress just through breathing? It does help. It's not necessarily the solution for everybody because everyone is unique and every experience you go through is definitely personal to you. But if you use your breath to anchor you, to, to kind of center your mind, Whatever is making you feel anxious, it can, your mind can be running in so many different directions. But if you just focus on your breath, it can take your mind out of that, that process, that, that kind of neuroplastic way that we have into going into <laughs> yes. thinking like, you know, I have this memory and then all of a sudden I think about that memory, I think about that memory, I think about that memory. And now all of a sudden I'm depressed or I'm, I'm anxiety because that, that might happen to me again. This is like evolutionary training that our brain has had. You know, it's kind of that thought of the, oh, there's a lion at the end the entrance of the cave, the prehistoric caveman mentality that we have to live in fear. Well, we don't have to have that anymore. So if you use tools like a breathing technique to anchor you, to stop your mind from thinking about all those things, and then you focus on your breath, then you can calm yourself down and you can actually move forward with whatever it is that you need to do. As a listener to this podcast, I'm thinking, Julie, if I can do breathing on my own, why do I need an app? Because <laughs> these things don't come to us naturally. It's kind of like I was saying, we have this evolutionary uh, trait, this habit, this built-in system to kind of like flight or fright, right? So for thousands of years, we've had that built into us, whether something is happening that needs our attention, is a stressor that's out there. So we have this instinct to fight it off or to fly, to fight or run away, you know, or you freeze, right? But we need to retrain ourselves 
uh, to not do that so much anymore. I mean, there are times when you're going to have to run or fight, but not all the time because there's no more lions at the enter entrance of our caves, right? We don't live in caves anymore, <laughs> but we have that evolutionary reaction still. So, you know, like if you think about a bad memory, you might feel those same emotions that happen to you just by thinking of that memory when that happened to you in real life, but you shouldn't have those reactions. So we actually have to retrain ourselves. And sometimes that retraining needs to be guided. You need to have that guidance to even know that you need to retrain yourself. Otherwise, we're just going to keep going into these loops and loops, loops forever. We'll never improve. So by having these tools, they can help, they can bring awareness to the fact that you can use them, first of all, and then they'll help you build that habit so that when you have that moment of anxiety, or you're feeling depressed, instead of reverting to the old way or old habits of reliving those emotions again and again, instead, you'll remember, oh yes, I can do this technique and I don't have to feel that way anymore. And that can help us evolve into better people. Recordings in the app? Yes, we do have a lot of recordings of our live classes, and we have a large library of on-demand classes that can be listened to at any time. What is your personal favorite tool in that app? That's a great question. So I find myself leaning more towards uh, using our fitness content. I'm a yogi. I do yoga all the time, but I also love to work out. So we have a large amount of cardio and strength workouts. I tend to glean to those in the app, but I attend two or three live classes every day. And I love to connect with our coaches live. And, you know, even though I've been doing this for years and, and I get to do this as my job in my life all the time, every once in a while, I do have a question that pops up that I like to connect with them. So having that real time feedback is, is still really fun. It excites me even to this day. <laughs> If meditation is at your heart, then where does yoga reside? Well, yoga and meditation really are one and the same. So it's all in my heart. <laughs> What's your personal meditation technique that you do every single day? The personal meditation I do every single day. It's really, I usually have my own meditation practice when I finish my workout. And what I do is I lay down on the ground corpse pose uh, for the Western audience. And I just bring my breathing down. So it's kind of like a hybrid cool down for those fitness people, but then a centering breath technique. And then I just try to kind of expand my awareness. And I try to just feel what's in the room with me, like the temperature of the air is the fan blowing wind on my skin. And just the light that I'm perceiving, if my eyes are open or if my eyelids are closed, do I still sense any light around me. And I just try to like have that present moment with myself because oftentimes when I'm working out, I'm thinking about projects and wishes or the movie I watched yesterday. And, and so I just want to bring myself into that present moment. And I do that for about five to 10 minutes every day. How has meditation helped you as a co-founder in your company? I don't think I could be a co-founder if I hadn't had been on a path to meditation prior to it. It's really, truly something that has changed almost every aspect of my life, starting with my marriage. It's just incredible impact on me as a wife, as a member of a family. It's because meditation helps you to be self-aware. You start noticing things about yourself. You start noticing the way that you're talking to people. You start noticing the way that you react to people. And because of that noticing, 
you can make improvements. And I was able to improve a lot of different aspects of myself. And that helped me become a leader and helped me have confidence in myself to be able to be a co-founder, to be able to build something from nothing and know that somehow this is going to work out. That takes a lot of confidence. It takes a lot of knowing about yourself. Have you had any experience when you were in a tough conversation or in any challenging conversation and internally you were breathing? Nobody could see that, but you were breathing internally. Oh, geez, I think that happens pretty often. <laughs> yes. In fact, I they might sometimes notice that I'm taking a deep breath or two. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that, I, I think. If you are having a difficult discussion with someone and you need to just breathe for a minute, it, it releases some energy. It's much better to let it come out in your breath and to come out with your words. Um, words have power. So <laughs> if you need to take a few moments to breathe and center and think, that's a great thing. You are not alone in this journey. We all struggle in life. There is no shame in talking about it. I go through my highs and lows. I get depressed, but these practices really help me in living a resilient and mindful life. You can also do this. You got this. Don't judge yourself. How would you influence somebody to meditate who is having a scientific head and they don't believe in hocus pocus, spiritual meditation coming from Eastern countries? Yeah, well, it's often referred to also as the woo-woo of meditation, right? Meditators are definitely not all hippies. <laughs> Some of the people in the West <laughs> like to think about it. And the, the, yeah, the science is definitely coming out to show that having a meditation or, or just a mindfulness practice can have huge impacts on your brain, on your neuroplasticity. There's so much science out there. I myself am not a scientist, but I do enjoy the fact that the world is turning more towards understanding the science of meditation and mindfulness. And there's so many studies out there that prove that it works and that can have a very impactful change in your life. Just a couple of days ago, we had a class with our coach, Dr. Pallavi. And it was a class on the importance of mental health. And Dr. Pallavi happens to be MBCT trained. So it's a mindful cognitive behavioral therapy. And that is the scientific approach to how mindfulness can actually be a therapy, a therapy to your mental health. And so there is a huge world of science around it now. They're, they tend to use a lot of different words other than meditation. <laughs> so what are the words? You, 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 uh, well, mindful practice, actually mindfulness is a type of meditation, but they are breathing techniques. Well, that's also a type of meditation. Visualizations, this is also a type of meditation. Affirmations is another one that's commonly used in the West. Again, these are all types of meditations, um, and, but they clearly show. Listening to a same song over and over is meditative as well. Exactly. Uh, chanting is a, is a more common, I think the, what, the Eastern term is what, japa meditation, very common. And, and it just helps your brain kind of focus on something. And I think what's important about the science that's coming out is it's showing and, and helping disprove a lot of the myths that exist around meditation. For example, 
clearing your mind is not a meditation. There's no such thing as turning your mind off from thinking, but it's focusing. So I'm glad you mentioned the chanting because chanting is a very commonly used meditation and it's about focusing on the chant, on the words itself. So centering your mind. How are you able to focus during pandemic, considering that you have so many tools, resources, you have so many coaches that you can consult with? Well, yes, I, I definitely have been able to focus, but I'll, I'll be very honest with you here. I, I, there were a couple of times when I became very anxious and I got scared too, despite the fact that I'm meditating every day and, and I work with a number of incredible coaches and mental health professionals. You know, we're all human beings. Even our coaches will share with our audience that they sometimes even have these moments. And And no matter how many years you practice these things or how mentally strong you might be or, or and think you are, you're still going to face these tough moments. And the pandemic definitely brought a lot of tough moments on us all. So there were times when I had to open up my app and use it myself or just remember what coach so-and-so said the other day and kind of remind myself back into a point where I was okay. And I'm um, just ex- incredibly thankful that I, I am with these people that I get to work with every day. And it's helped, definitely helped me. But when I think about who I was as a person two, three years ago, I'm not sure I would have been so strong through this pandemic. How did you get into meditation, by the way? Yes. So that's a great question, too. Interestingly enough, it was my husband. Um, <laughs> my husband. <laughs> my husband. Uh, started meditating probably about a year before he finally convinced me to start meditating with him. And I was the kind of person where science-based, in fact, I think I would have told you as a teenager that my future was to be a mad scientist and invent incredible vaccines and stuff like that. That was definitely where I thought I was going. But even though I took a turn towards finance and business, I still have that that brain, that brain that says, I, I want to do something that's proven. I want to do something that is factual and, and has the data behind it. And I had thought of meditation as definitely just some kind of almost spiritual only practice. So I was actually very closed off to it. And when he got into it and it kind of helped him a little bit, I still was kind of closed off. And it, it got to a point where I really needed something because we were going through kind of our own experience of burnout between our two careers and what was going on in our lives. And so I was like, fine, I'll give it a try. And so he finally got me to sit down with him and practice uh, yoga nindra, which is uh, yeah, commonly used meditation to help you go to sleep. And it involves kind of a body scan practice, which is where you kind of focus and you feel every aspect uh, through your body. So typically you'll start either at your toes or the top of your head and you'll just go through your body. So toes, feet, legs, knees, all the way up through your head. And uh, it just helps calm you down. And you just sometimes they'll include like a visualization or something like that. But that was my first experience. And when we finished uh, that first meditation, I just remember feeling great. And I couldn't really explain it, but I just felt good. And so that was kind of my entryway into meditation. That's how I got started. What challenges do you see and find among population that they don't want to do it? Yeah, it's probably, I mean, everyone kind of has their own rationale behind why they might not want to give meditation a try. So I definitely don't have an answer for everyone. But what I commonly see is that they have some preconceived notion of what meditation is 
and it's just not going to work for them. They typically that's what I that's the hindrance that I I come across and and I always kind of catch myself from saying, well, it worked for me, <laughs> you know, and I was that person that would say it would never work. But it's really just breaking down those preconceived notions and 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 trying to open up people's mind to just giving it giving it a shot, see if it will work for them. And you know, that's kind of the same with almost everything that it can help people be more well. It's really hard to say, I have this resource for you. I know it's going to help you. I can tell you it's going to help you. Here's some, even some science that will show it's going to help you. And still they'll be hesitant because it's really hard to change people's mind once they have it. So solidified that it's not going to work. But what I found to help do that is to just be an example. So for everyone in my life, you know, they've seen huge dramatic changes in me in the last four years. And just being that example, having them become a witness to the change is really the most impactful way to help that challenge. Does your mom and sister meditate? My mom actually didn't try <laughs> meditation. <laughs> she she did. And I think it helped her quite a bit when she was going through some struggles a few years ago. My sister has also tried meditation. It's not a regular practice for either of them, but I think they know that it's there and just that kind of comforts them a bit. Uh, they have their own uh, style of taking care of their own mental health. And, and that's what's great about what we are a wellness coach too. It's not just meditation. It's so much more than that. There's so So many things out there. Yeah. It's not like a one-stop, one-shot-fits-all situation. There's a little bit of something for everybody. If somebody listening to this podcast doesn't meditate, what would you tell them? I would tell them it's definitely worth a try and explore different options of meditation. I think affirmations is probably one of the best meditations to start with. These are positive statements that you make and repeat them to help kind of change something that you want to move forward with. So for example, if you're hoping to be more positive thinker, like for everything is kind of negative right now in the news and everything's just like with pandemic and there's riots and there's just so much negativity going on. It seems that a lot of people are clinging towards positivity. So you could try some positive affirmations like, I will have a great day today. I will be my best self today. I will build strong relationships with my family and friends, things like that. And, and you just kind of repeat them or you say new ones for a few moments. I like to do them when I'm brushing my teeth and putting my makeup on. It's just a great <laughs> way to just retrain my brain to think in that way that I want it to think. Of. What's your and personal the, affirmation, your personal favorite affirmation? Oh, well, I, get, I have to credit this one to our coach, Kareem Summers. Uh, it's... I will move through my day as my breath flows through me. And it's Love an it. affirmation. Yeah, it's it's an affirmation that just kind of helps you to be more calm because I am kind of high strung energy sometimes. <laughs> so when I notice that I'm a little too high strung, I repeat that one a few times to help get me to be a little bit more calm. Does it ever happen to you that you try different apps, not just your app? Oh yeah, I've I've tried them all. <laughs> um, as a founder, as as a co-founder and business person, you you have to know your competitive landscape. So of course, I I do try out other apps and check them out from time to time. And I see that sometimes they are trying our app from time to time. <laughs> so it's just something that is commonly done. I do use other apps in the wellness space just on a regular basis. There's a couple that I enjoy to work out with. A Peloton is a really great app that I love their classes. They have so many great things to offer. 
MyFitnessPal is another really great app uh, that I recommend everybody. So like I said, there's not a one solution for everybody. Thankfully, we have a great market with so many different offerings out there. So it's always nice to try so many different things. And when you try other apps, does it ever happen that you you might judge your app with other apps or you might compare your product with another product? Yes. I think as just a human being, it's our tendency to always compare and contrast and find patterns and find differences. <laughs> There's a name for that and it's, it's escaped my mind for the second. But yeah, I, I do. And, and with an effort to always find improvement, I think, you know, I always want to make sure that what wellness coach users are getting is the best out there, which is why we try really hard to get the best coaches we can have on the platform. And that's a real big differentiator for us. You know, our coaches are not just random coaches that you'll find out anywhere. They're doctors, psychologists, they've, they're monks. They've been doing what they uh, do on our platform for decades. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, one of our monks, Panadasa, he was actually a monk in the Lower East Side of New York City for over 10 years. And what's really funny is I lived uh, about a 10 minute walk from that monastery, not even knowing there was a monastery in the Lower East Side of Manhattan, New York City. Wow. So <laughs> you'll find them in interesting places. Um, but they, they come with decades of experience and knowledge. So I know our users are getting the best. How do you hire coaches? Or what's your process look like? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a, a changing experience for us. In the beginning, you know, we didn't even have a product out there. So we had to find them. Actually, before we started our company, my husband and I traveled the world for over a year and went to different meditation schools, uh, yoga retreat centers, all kinds of different places. So we started building a network and learning the who's who of the space. And we were doing that with without any idea that we were going to found wellness coach. It just kind of was kind of the catalyst to creating the company, actually. So at that point, we finally had kind of a network and, and we kind of had an idea of who to go after. So then it became kind of my my task to build up our coach platform. So I would really just reach out to different people. We'd find them the websites or travel to go see them, go to different events. And it would take months, usually two to three months, if not one or two more extra to, to connect with them, to make sure it was the right fit, to make sure that a virtual offering was something that they wanted to do and could do. We met with different coaches all over the world. And sometimes the network just wasn't there to support them virtually because everything we do is virtual. So it was really uh, a new thing for some of these monks and coaches who were like in uh, Bali or in uh, Dharamshala, Tibet, and throughout India. It was, it was quite an interesting experience. So it takes time to really vet them out and to make sure it's the right fit. Now that we have a product and, and people are gaining awareness of wellness coach, now coaches are starting to come to us, which definitely takes a little bit of work off <laughs> on my shoulders. And it's just really great to know that uh, we're building something that the coaches also would like to be a part of. So it's kind of helping us know that we're on the right track. But even now that when they come to us, it usually takes a month or two to really make sure it's a good fit. Like I said, we're really selective of our coaches. We want to make sure that they do know their stuff. So it usually involves three to five meetings and we'll kind of simulate the live experience. We'll ask them random questions and make sure that they, that they know what they're doing. So our audience gets the best. Is meditation for someone who is not spiritual or religious? 
Yes, that is actually one of the myths about meditation that I like to to call to light is that meditation and mindfulness is not necessarily a spiritual practice. It can be a spiritual practice. Prayer itself can be a meditation for a lot of people. But for me, it's not a spiritual practice. It's not a religious practice. For me, it's just a part of my self-care practice. I meditate so that I am physically and mentally well. And then I also try different uh, types of meditations, which I've, I've talked about before, like visualization and uh, affirmations and breathing techniques, none of which evolve anything about my spiritual or religious uh, aspect of my life. Are you so spiritual? it's definitely available for me. I am actually not a very spiritual person, or I shouldn't say that. I'm not a religious person. I maybe have some aspects of me that are spiritual, but I tend to kind of not identify as that either. Although sometimes I question myself, my self-talk talks like I'm a spiritual person. I'm like, well, maybe I do believe. <laughs> because so, a lot of people I'm evolving. who does meditation, they have some sort of a spiritual belief. They believe in something bigger than themselves. They believe in higher power, yeah. superpower. Yes, that is true. And whatever label you want to you know, put on it, it is really everybody's individual choice. I tend to call myself more of an agnostic person. Like I know that there's something higher out there. I just don't necessarily know what it is Do on the path of discovering. Any mindfulness, <laughs> other mindfulness practice in your day-to-day -day life? Yeah, self-awareness, I think I mentioned that a little bit before, is is probably one that I practice as much as I possibly can. I try to be more self-aware when I'm talking with people, when I'm working, even if I'm working um, solo, just by myself, I just try to be more aware of my surroundings. I've actually also tried to detach myself from devices all the time, trying not to have TV on in the background or even just music. Like I... I a lot of people love to have music in the background, but I find that I drift off into the words. So when I'm trying to be more mindful, I, I try to just kind of let myself be in silence a little bit more. When I walk my dog or when I go for outdoor runs, I don't listen to music. Sometimes I'll listen to books, but for me, that's a part of my personal development. But I just try to to be a little bit more self-learned in silence and, and like to settle my, with myself and be in my own experience. There are so many apps these days and so many apps teaching meditation, live meditation, online yoga, different wellness tools and resources. How should somebody identify which one is the right fit for them? Yeah, you really just got to try them out. Thankfully, like us, so many apps offer free trial periods. Wellness Coach currently is offering a 60-day free uh, trial for any individual and 90 day for any company who would like to sign on with Wellness Coach. So just, you gotta try them out, be open-minded to a new experience. Uh, sometimes new stuff happens and, and new learnings evolve. And so we just kind of have to break out of our habits and, and try them out. I want to ask you, when you were traveling the world to explore the meditation space, did you have any breakthroughs at that point? Oh, yes. That year that my husband and I traveled the world was the most impactful year of my life. And we've had a number of breakthroughs as individuals and as a couple. The one that really comes to mind right now as we're talking is I was sitting in Thailand with a Buddhist monk and his name is Toby. He's one of the most gentle souls I've ever had 
the pleasure of coming across and we were at a week-long retreat with him and a handful of other people were with us and I think it was the second day of the retreat we were every day had a 45-minute meditation practice which included kind of an introduction to a new aspect of meditation with Toby and then we would practice then in silence with him and they were somewhat guided, but there were longer periods of silence with this style of retreat. And I don't think I could get through 10 minutes without crying. I, I would just cry. And uh, because he was guiding us to, to feel things and, and to, to let thoughts go, not to not think, but to see them and just let them pass by. And I couldn't do it. And I would just feel like, a loser, I guess, for lack of better words, and I would cry. And what happened was, is I was with this group, I was, I was with that, that, that monk, and, you know, we were able to actually talk with each other. And, you know, I'd practiced before, you listened to recorded meditations and what have you, but this was a really groundbreaking moment because in that moment that I was practicing, I was there with Toby, and Toby helped me figure out why. You know, we, we talked, he asked me questions. So, <laughs> well, uh, yes, it's a little personal, but I'll share with you. I, interesting story about Toby. He is a monk in Thailand. He grew up uh, in Germany, I believe it was, or somewhere in the middle of uh, Europe, but in the Christian tradition, just like I had grown up in. And in that faith, we were taught in the similar, Toby and I had the similar experience, which really helped him relate it to me uh, and, and explain it to me in ways that helped me understand what I was doing to myself. But in that faith, you ask for forgiveness. You know, Christians believe that you're born a sinner. And my personal experience had, had taken it to a, a way negative level where I was constantly self-punishing, constantly super hard on myself. That's why I couldn't even just let go of thoughts without crying because I was just like, you failed, you failed again, you know, you're bad, you're bad. So uh, Toby was able to help me recognize that. And then when I was then aware of what I was doing, not just aware, but also understanding the why, I was able to make changes. I was able to kind of break away from that pattern that I had lived in my whole life. I mean, I would sometimes go, I would go to bed almost every night and for about five to 10 minutes, think about everything bad I did that day. And I would just self-punish all the time. I would, not just about that day, but I would even think about things that happened like back in high school or middle school. And I would still punish myself to that day, many decades later. And this, that, that moment with Toby helped me break away from that. It, I can't even remember the last time I've done that. It's been years. And it's just, it, that's real freedom right there. Freedom from my own negative thought patterns. So that was really the most groundbreaking and pivotal moment in that year of travel was was realizing the torture that I was putting myself through and not just realizing that, but then on the path to fixing it. And it, it wasn't fixed overnight. It probably took another year and a half for me to get to a point where I wasn't doing it to myself every night. This is so deep and powerful. <laughs> Now, when you come, when you go to bed, what comes to your mind? 
Well, I'm usually wondering uh, about how long it's going to take for one of my dogs to, to think I'm asleep and jump in the bed with me <laughs> and take over my my bed. I have two of them and, and they think that they own my house and they probably do. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I am so grateful to say that I, I don't really think about all the past stuff so much anymore. I'm usually thinking about what's going to happen next. What exciting things do I get to build and create the next day? I'm enjoying my time with my husband and my dogs. And the last few years have truly been the most incredible years of my life. Do you I'm carry any more. gratitude journal? I I'm not actually a great journaler. I have tried. And a couple of our wonderful coaches have even sent me a few <laughs> old school style book ones. I've tried the digital ones. I'm just not great at that, but I do it mentally. So I'm not good at writing things down, but I have found a couple things that I do every day. And I, at, at those times, I repeat things that I'm grateful for. So example, for example, probably three years ago, I decided to do a gratitude practice whenever I walk my dogs. The moment I walk outside, I say three things that I'm currently grateful for because I got to walk my dogs every morning. It happens every day. So not great at journaling, but I do have a nice practice of gratitude <laughs> and it does change your life. I highly recommend a gratitude journal or a gratitude practice for everybody. It definitely changes how you see things. So we are recording this podcast in the afternoon. What were you grateful for in the morning? <laughs> this morning, yes, when I walked my dogs this morning. Actually, this morning was a, a different day. We actually, my husband joined me and we, we ran our dogs to the beach that we're not too far away from. So one, I was really grateful that my husband joined us because my dogs get even more excited. Uh, they love to run. But when he joins us, it's even more fun for them. So I was just really grateful for that because they go faster. And I like to run a little bit faster than they do. They like to smell every little blade of grass. <laughs> so I was grateful for that. Grateful for the good weather because we recently had a storm pass us. I'm in Miami, Florida. So we had a tropical depression go over us. So it's nice to have some sunny weather. And also, I'm just extremely grateful that I live in an area that has taken the pandemic very seriously. So we have a lot of community support to make sure that everyone's staying safe. My neighbors and everyone nearby take great precautions to make sure that they're keeping themselves healthy and our community healthy. So those were things that I was really grateful for. Love it. You talked about that monk in Thailand, and his name is Toby, right? Yes. Did you reach out to him to be on your coaching team? Yes, of course I did. And unfortunately, Toby was going through some health issues at the time. He actually, I think he took almost a year off of his monk life to go deal with some personal um, health issues that I don't really feel comfortable sharing here, but you can probably follow him. If you connect with me on LinkedIn, I'll, I'll connect to you guys. And uh, yeah, that, that happened. So unfortunately it's not a now thing that we can do, but we're hoping that maybe it's a future thing that we can do. How about Dalai Lama? The Dalai Lama. <laughs> if anyone <laughs> could get the Dalai Lama, it would be amazing. We actually have a few coaches that train with the Dalai Lama. So I, I feel like that's a good second up to getting His Holiness the Dalai Lama onto an app. <laughs> that would be incredible though. Great. Julie, before I ask you my last question, I want to ask you, what makes you happy and fulfilled in life? 
you know, it's, it's interesting. I feel like there's so many different periods in my life where I'd give completely different responses to that question. And right now I'm just so happy with being in a position where I can help others and the, the fulfillment that you get knowing that you've made someone's day a little bit better, that you've helped them be a little bit better of a person, or you help them be more well, to have more peace in their life, to have more strength, resilience. It's, it, that's what drives me. That's what keeps me going. That's what makes me look forward. When I look forward to the day, I wake up every morning. I'm just like, oh, I can to do this again today. It's just, it's so incredibly fulfilling and, and I'm beyond beyond thankful and grateful for this experience had we had known when we started this company a year and nine months ago that COVID-19 would have happened and and stress levels would be through the roof and unlike anything we've experienced you know we, we never could have guessed that and and we're just so glad that we laid the foundation down to be ready for when it happened and and I hope that we can keep helping more and more people we have this uh, insane or amazing, however you want to look at it, a mission to help 5 billion people be more well, to be their best selves. And that's the mission and goal I, I take with me every day. And it makes me truly happy that we're edging our way to that. This is beautiful. Where can our listeners find you online? Yeah, so wellnesscoach.live would be our website. You can find me on LinkedIn at Julie Sharma. You can follow us. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. So join us, download the app. As I mentioned before, for people, there's a 60-day free trial going on right now for companies through COVID. We're offering a 90-day free trial. In fact, you know, we're so passionate about what we do in helping people. We've offered Wellness Coach for free through the year for anyone who's been laid off because of COVID-19. So join us. We have so much to offer you. Our coaches are ready and we're all here for you guys to, to just help you with whatever you're dealing with today. Thank you so much, Julie. It was amazing and beautiful conversation with you. Thank you, Nishan. I truly enjoyed it as well. I really Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode today. If you did enjoy this, please subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or you can visit https colon slash slash nishangarg.me n-i-s-h-a-n-t-g-a-r-g dot me you can also share this episode with your loved ones to help them live a fulfilled life you are not alone in this journey we all struggle in life there is no shame in talking about it i go through my highs and lows i get depressed and these practices help me in living a resilient life you can also do this you got this don't judge yourself you are doing the best you can and thank you so much again Any advice dispensed in this interview is purely for educational purposes. The content here should not be taken as medical or mental health advice. And because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any related questions.